Snow Day by the Grim Man. It was a typical Monday morning. When I awoke, I took a look outside to see that it was snowing rather heavily, with the wind blowing it around. A smile came to my face, and I quickly turned on the radio to hear the local school cancellations. Well, if you haven't looked outside, you're going to see that today we have had a rather large snowstorm overnight, so it looks like all English school boards are on a system-wide shutdown for the day. Uh, If the weather continues, I would say that Tuesday may be looking the same, but do stay tuned. We will let you guys know if we have any further closings or anything like that. In the meantime, kids, have a fantastic Monday. I nearly leaped for joy. It was like music to my ears. I immediately started running around my house and then did what any kid would do. I turned on my Xbox 360 and started playing as much video games as I could. My mom was still asleep during the first few hours of gaming. I noticed that outside my window, the wind was blowing rather hard. I could hear the whistling it was making. I opened my curtains and saw that a foot of snow had been created. I smiled at the sight. With any luck, if this continues, then tomorrow school may be cancelled as well. I continued playing games until noon. That's when things started from a cheery snow day into something unpredictably strange. I heard a bang outside of my window. I jumped at the noise. I paused my game and decided to take a look. I opened my curtain once more only to find... nothing. Outside, there was nothing but white. The dark silhouettes of the trees were against the cold gray sky. I closed my curtain this time and was about to start my game again when the bang was heard once more. I whipped around and flew open my curtain. Still nothing. I decided that it was one of my friends trying to play a joke on me and walked out of my room into the kitchen. I put a couple of slices of bread into the toaster for some lunch and opened up the cupboards to see if there was anything to eat. To my dismay, there was nothing worth eating. I closed the cupboards and looked outside again. The wind was blowing harder than ever this time, and more snow had blanketed my yard. I sighed. The radio's announcer came on once more after some rock from the 80s. Attention. All roads have been closed until further notice due to heavy snowfall and dangerous winds. At this point in time, we're not sure when the roads will reopen, but we will keep you informed. Until then, if you have to go anywhere, please do be safe, do pay attention to the road, and make sure that you make it home in one piece. I sighed again, because this meant that Mom wouldn't be able to go to the store and get food. (laughs) I walked back into my room and started gaming again. Not twenty minutes after, an even louder bang was heard again outside of my window. I got up in frustration and shut off my Xbox. I was going to get to the bottom of this. I put on my snow boots, jackets, gloves, and ran outside. I stared at my bedroom window from outside my house. There was nothing there. Except for one small pair of footprints. I followed them all the way into the woods behind my house. I live in a rather small rural community, and there was no way I was going to let this kid ruin my perfect snow day. I followed the footprints into the woods. They wound around turns and seemed to dart through trees. 
The only thing odd about them is that they never seemed to look like the kid had been running. I was beginning to get really cold, and wanted to turn around and go back home to my nice warm house, but I pressed on. The wind picked up, which was strange because I must have been surrounded by hundreds of trees. I looked back down at the tracks. The snow was beginning to fall much faster now. I finally turned around and started to head home when... When I looked down, my tracks had completely disappeared. I turned back to the tracks I had been following, and they too were gone. I panicked slightly, for about a split second, but remembered that all I have to do is go straight and I'll find my house. I began walking, and walking, and walking for what seemed like hours. A ridiculous amount of time had passed, and I was beginning to get worried. Maybe I was lost. Just when I was about to start running was when I heard something behind me. Hello. I was startled and turned around. I saw a small boy in what looked like a dark blue snowsuit. He was covered in snow, and he wore a thick scarf around his face, so I could only see his eyes, which were gray as the sky. Hello, I managed to say back. Who are you? The boy asked. I was struggling with this situation. Well, I'm... I'm lost, really. I really hoped the boy wasn't young enough to start calling me lost, but he looked smart. He laughed. It was a cold laugh. I could actually feel a shiver crawl up my spine as he did. That's funny, he said finally. I stared back at those gray eyes. Something about this kid was creeping me out. What was a small boy like him doing all the way out here? Who are you? I asked. He giggled once more, sending a shiver through my bones. My name's Jack, he said. At least I got something from this kid. My hands were freezing cold, and I wanted to get out of there but mostly I wanted to get away from this creepy kid. I looked at him once more and asked, Do you know the way out of here? It looked like he was smiling through his thick scarf. He held out his hand, and I took it, and was met with a shot of sharp, freezing pain sent up my arms. I winced, but the boy didn't seem to notice. He led me through the woods for a while. Neither of us said a word. I didn't dare ask him any more questions. After a while, my hand was starting to go numb and I could barely feel the kid's hand in mine. I started to fade in and out of sleep. I couldn't fall asleep. The first thing they teach you about hypothermia is that if you fall asleep, you may not wake up. I continued walking. The kid still said nothing. My hand and forearm had gone completely numb. I decided to break the deafening silence by asking the kid one more question. What are you doing out here? He kept walking and finally answered. I make the snowfall. That was the last thing I was ever going to get from this kid, so I just kept walking and walking and walking. Finally, I stopped. I shut my eyes due to the blowing snow. I was so cold, I should have never have left the house. Listen, I said. Do you know of a shorter way out of here? 
I just heard a cold laugh echo around me. I looked down and saw that the kid was gone. From there, I was so scared and cold that I just started running and running until I broke through the trees and out into a field. I collapsed. I was going to die because of a stupid kid. I shut my eyes. When I opened them, there was sunlight. I arose from the snow to find that I wasn't in a field. I was in my backyard. The boy had led me out of the woods. After I went inside, I immediately found my mom in the kitchen making hot cocoa. Were you playing outside? I didn't say anything until she handed me a cup. Yeah, I said flatly back. From this day on, whenever school gets cancelled because of the snow, I remember that kid and his chilling laugh. Sometimes, if I go outside when it's snowing, I can even hear it faintly in the wind. Stains in the Snow by Loranicus To whomever finds this, hello and goodbye. My name is Marcus. I am, or I was, a normal boy who lived a normal life most of the time. In this letter, I will recount the events of the last few years, weeks, and days in hopes that all who knew me, who remain, will forgive me for what I must do. About three weeks ago, I awoke to the screech of my alarm clock, knowing it was time to go to school. I got out of bed and was met by a chill. My house was cold. I looked outside and I saw the one thing I wished I never had to see. Frost. Covering the grass, the trees, the cars, and the cement... It was beginning of winter in our little town, and nobody alive enjoys our winters. I hoped that this year the worst wouldn't start until snowfall, and thankfully I was right. I got dressed, put my coat on, grabbed my backpack, and walked out the front door in the dry air of the late autumn. As I walked down my driveway, my father stood in the doorway behind me and said, "'You don't have to go to school today, Mark.' It'd probably be better if you just stayed home. I dismissed his comment and continued walking. It's about a ten minute walk to my school, and I saw very few people along the way. Much fewer than on a, a normal spring or fall day. I did see a few people, though. Every one of them hanging their head low, they looked sad, and almost ashamed or guilty. As did I. I've lived in this town my whole life, and never have I understood why it turns to such a horrible place every winter. I arrived at my school, and as expected, it was deserted. Nothing but a few kids and maybe three or four teachers. I went to meet my girlfriend. I knew she would be here, because we promised to meet once at the beginning of winter and stay away from each other until spring. I walked down the narrow halls of my school and saw her standing by her locker. She had her face buried in her hands. She was crying. I ran up to her and held her. I had a feeling I knew what was wrong. As we pulled apart, 
I noticed very dull red blotches on her face and hands. That made me certain. I knew her pain. It could wash off, but the stains would stay for months. And the pain stays forever. I held her closer to me and tried to comfort her. It's okay. It isn't your fault, I said in her ear. She's in a better place now. Any place is better. Her sobbing slowed as she looked up at me and said, I can't do this anymore. I'm all alone now. I just can't live here anymore. I just can't live with this. She began to sob heavily. I held her closer and said, You're not alone, Gina. I'm with you. I love you. She seemed comforted, but not much. Someday, it will be better. I promise. Someday, we'll get away from here. She buried her face in my chest and sobbed. I love you too. I kissed her on the forehead and stood there, quietly, and contentedly holding her for around five minutes. Finally, I backed away slightly and told her that we should get going. She nodded and agreed, and with a final kiss, we said goodbye for the season. See you in spring, she said, with an uncertain tone. I'll see you then, I responded. I just left the school at that point. None of the teachers would have cared, and none of the classes would have been doing anything important, not with winter starting. I walked from the school, down towards the main road. It had been snowing since I had arrived, and there was already a thin blanket of snow. I walked down to the grocery store to pick up some food to last a few weeks. On my way there, I noticed a large puddle of thick, dark red fluid spread across the sidewalk. I walked around it. I didn't want to know whose it was or whom it belongs now, but I knew the faster I got my food and got home, the better. I jogged the rest of the way to the grocery store. Thankfully, it was still open, despite having a policy of closing during the winter. I bought some bread, a bag of milk, and a bunch of canned beans. I went to the only cashier who greeted me with an obviously fake sense of happiness. We talked about how glad we'll be when spring comes again. I paid for my food, put it in my backpack, and began my journey home. On my way, I noticed a few more puddles of that viscous red fluid, some of it leaving large stains in the otherwise pure white snow. The walk was quiet, almost deafeningly quiet. Lonely and as gray as the bleak sky that surrounded this awful place for months at a time. Thankfully, I made it home safely. My father greeted me and said, We're going to be okay this year, alright? We'll be fine. Though it had been years since my mother died, I still had a bit of uncertainty towards my father. Yes, it was true that we had been okay in the past few years, but... To anyone who says time heals all wounds, well, you've never truly been wounded. That night, my dad and I gathered up all the knives, saws, or any blades in the house, locked them in a safe, and locked that safe in our shed. It was something we would do every year, and it's probably why we've survived for so long. The first week or so of the winter went fine. I would talk to Gina on the phone or online every day. 
I would eat dinner with my dad, and at night, I would lock my doors and go to bed. I went without an incident for previous years, and so did my dad, but all that changed one night. I said goodnight to my dad and headed off to bed. I went to lock my bedroom door, but the lock was jammed. Stupidly, I decided to go without for one night. I was tired, and I didn't want to bother. I laid down in my bed, and within ten minutes, I was asleep. I remember that dream so clearly. Every detail so real. Every image burned in my brain. I dreamt of when I was a child, and I witnessed my father murdering my mother. I stood back, crying, but I knew there was nothing I could do and that this was our life. But my dream played out differently than real-life events. In my dream, instead of eventually running to hide in my room, I was filled with a feeling of rage. I was furious. I was spiteful, and worst of all, I was hungry. I ran up to my father and clawed at his face. He screamed, but I didn't stop. For some reason, he wasn't fighting back. All he did was scream. As soon as the screaming stopped and my father fell to the ground, I awoke. It was not a peaceful awakening. Blood. A lot of blood. It was on my sheets, my shirt, my face, my hands, my hair, and in my mouth. I know that most of the world is desensitized to blood after the boom in crime shows and the introduction of disgusting gore used to troll idiots on the internet, but trust me, nothing is more traumatizing than being bathed in the blood of your loved ones. What was left of my father lay in front of me, cut open, organs spread about the room and his heart gone. I looked at the body for what was likely a few minutes, but felt like an eternity. I began to sob and held my father's remains in my arms. After crying for an hour, I finally wrapped the body in the sheets and carried it to my backyard. I threw the body and sheets into the snow and began to pile wood on top of it. I dumped a can of motor oil on the heap, lit a match, said my final goodbyes to my father and ignited his corpse in a bright flame. I knew this was the only way I could dispose of the body because the crown was frozen solid and it was impossible to dig a proper grave. I looked up to the sky and noticed a few pillars of smoke rising into the gray sky from a distance. I wasn't the only one who needed to cremate a loved one. I went inside, changed into a robe, threw my clothes into the fire and went to the shower. I, I must have sat in that shower and crying for hours before finally getting out, because by the time I got out of the water, it was cold and dry as the winter air. The next day, I received a call from Gina. She could tell by my tone exactly what had happened. Don't worry, Mark, she said. It happens to all of us. It got to me, too. It isn't your fault. I tried to hide my shame and agree, but it wasn't easy. She and I continued talking on the phone with each other every single hour of every single day. It was the only thing keeping us sane, but a few days ago... She called, sounding very depressed. I can't do it, Mark. I just can't do it, she said somberly. I keep having the dreams. 
I've woken up covered in blood, and I have no idea who it belongs to. This town, this winter, all of it is just too much. I can't do it, Mark. I... I just can't. I tried to talk her down, but no matter how much I told her we would be okay and that I loved her, she just ended up saying, I'm sorry, Mark. I love you. And hanging up. I laid down on my couch and cried. I haven't heard from Gina since, but I know she's dead. She lived a horrific life, even for someone who lived in this town. She watched her father get killed. She killed her mother in her sleep, much like I did, and she even killed her little sister. This town... This town is evil. I don't know what causes it other than the winter, but I can only imagine Satan sends those whose deeds are so evil that hell is not enough pain for them to live here and to suffer. All the residents of this town suffer from it whenever the winter comes. They fall asleep, have a horrific dream, and in a trance, sleepwalking state, kill those that they love. I would have just moved away, but anyone who tries to leave seems to die in an accident. The worst part of it all is the blood. I can still taste it. I know that this... this curse, I guess... It forces us to eat the hearts of our victim in a murderous trance state. My life is horrific, and I am alone now. My father's dead. My mother's dead. All of my friends are either dead or going to die or are going to try to kill me, and the girl that I love is dead. I can't do anything to stop it. I can't escape, and there's only one way out. As I said at the beginning, goodbye. And, for your own sake, stay away from a town called Wishwater Creek. And, to whomever finds my body, burn me in my backyard. And let the wind carry the ashes of my body and soul away from this hell. So, these were two Snow Day Creepypastas from the wiki. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed them. I wanted to get a little more into the winter spirit, since it's December 29th in 2020, and we're down to two days of the year, and still haven't really had snow here in Kansas, which is kind of upsetting me. By now, we usually have at least one good snowstorm. Um, we had one snowstorm that piled a little bit and then melted like within a day so kind of sad i like the winter more than i do the summer so wish it would snow anyway hopefully you guys enjoyed this if you did please do check the links down below where i link to the creepypasta wiki and these stories specifically and also consider subscribing to the channel it makes uh makes me happy kind of lifts my spirits some Things are going pretty well as it is on the channel, so really I'm just happy to be Raven. You know, happy to be here. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also support the channel by following me on any of my social medias, going to my website, uh, asthravendreams.com, or supporting through Patreon, Coffee, or channel memberships, which are now a thing. So please consider doing any of those. If not, perfectly fine, totally optional, but greatly appreciated. All that said, friends, I hope you could stay warm out there, and I hope you have a beautiful day, and I'll see you on the next video. But until then, sleep well.